way out into this wilderness to find. Leaving our country, kindred, our father's houses. For what? For the kingdom of God. Let us pray. To Little House on the Scary, episode eight. It's gonna be great. The tree falling episode. <laughs> yeah, wasn't that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> so, listeners, about um, t- ten minutes ago, <laughs> we were sitting here setting up our mics, getting our levels and everything. Sound and check. Sound check, and we hear this giant thud that Kaboom. shakes completely shakes the house, which is. Of course, the baby falling out of the bed, yeah. right? Yeah. But first yeah. levitating 10 yeah. feet in baby the air. baby levitated then <laughs> and then slammed down. <laughs> I honestly thought that could have happened. <laughs> I had to check on her. She's not that evil. And so <laughs> <Not yet. laughs> the uh, this old, desiccated and dead water oak fell in our backyard. It was huge. It was probably 30 feet tall. Yeah. Easily. Yeah, enormous. Enormous, five feet across. <laughs> but it was just the stump, like it had been cut. Anyway, it fell. It was crazy. The neighbors came running out, filled with cockroaches. Ooh, yep, yep. But welcome. Speaking of horror, yeah. I know. <laughs> welcome. Watching those roaches crawl out of that tree. To Little House on the Scary. Please. Oh yeah, introductions. <laughs> I am Nigel, aka the Peruvian Nightmare, coming at ya. And my co-host is I'm Scary Anna. That's it, just Scary Anna. And I am Cheyenne Agains, aka Mrs. Peruvian, Peruvian Nightmare. Nightmare. Nigel, oh, guess, you're Mr. Cheyenne Agains. Yeah, I know. I guess I was supposed to say that, but yeah. I forgot. Anyways, so. Kind of good news. We got picked up by Pandora. Woo-hoo. So listeners, you We're can fancy now. Yeah, well, you can find us on Pandora. Just look, uh, do a search for Little House on the Scary, and uh, we will be there. We are. We will be there on Pandora and all other major podcast platforms. Getting some attention. It's really good. We're hoping to have some new uh, special guests coming up here. In fact, we met a film a documentary film aficionado 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 the other day mr todd best give you a shout out todd we had a great conversation about movies and we'd love to have todd on one day talk about a horror doc or like a horror mockumentary kind of thing or something along those lines it'll be fun aside from that how's everybody doing good Good. Good. This is our eighth episode. Eighth episode. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Is this our eighth month? I don't know. I don't think so. No. I th- yeah, I think it's... It might yeah. be our ninth month. Not, yeah, we've spaced out. This this one's a little bit spaced out. But. 
We should do a special 10th episode. We could. Yeah. We well, we were catching up today and we we realized, when did we start the podcast? Oh, this is a pandemic podcast. Oh, totally. Yeah. We started it during the pandemic and totally. it, the pandemic just shifts the way you perceive time. Completely. So yeah. the pandemic feels like it's been going on for five years. It's, it's always been happening. <laughs> yeah. And this podcast has always been happening. <laughs> but right. it hasn't. This is the eight. Yeah. Amazing. The pandemic's over. It's amazing. <laughs> totally amazing. It just went away. And well, not everyone are vaccinated, which not I'm everyone had to get vaccinated for. for it to be over. Right. Apparently not. It's amazing. True. It's magic of science, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Before we get started on our film, I wanted to kind of introduce this new segment of like discussion topics that I find on the web, not related to the film, but related to horror. And this one thing came up this uh this tweet came up and let me uh let me find it so l hunt at l hunt at l underscore hunt on twitter made a very provocative tweet i don't know who l hunt is i suppose i should know she's a writer but uh, she wrote my argument horror cannot be set in space did she not see the martian god what a film and it's terrible. So this <laughs> it's not horror. It's a terrible movie. But so this this tweet, like you know, like riled up the horror community because As of it course was meant to. Yeah, because of course horror can be set in space. In fact, the single most scariest space horror movie is Alien. My fifth favorite Ooh, it's movie dropped. of all time fourth or fifth it bounces between the witch and that's obviously in space but nothing about space is like comfortable <laughs> like it's everything about space is terrifying but what was her argument she had an argument basically saying that uh, you know horror is about fear of familiar things and space is completely unfamiliar and so therefore some she had some argument right she writes Yes, horror is predicated on the fear of the other, the unfamiliar in the world as we know it. Space, we already don't know it. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. So therefore, I agree. It doesn't make any, any sense. You can't be afraid of it because because you we don't already know don't it. know it. Yeah, but what we do know is fucking terrifying because there's just nothing. There's nothing in space, but like nuts and bolts in orbit that will destroy your ship there's no air there's, there's no aliens that want to eat you yeah. <laughs> there's and then in fact no other life just forms the concept of infinity yeah is terrifying because yeah. well, you can't comprehend it the distances that we're talking about in like space like distance distance wise is like it's wild when you start to really yeah. think about distances yeah so anyways whatever your name is uh what L was your name L. Hunt. L. Fanning. Uh, no. Not L. Fanning. <laughs> uh, L. Hunt at L underscore Hunt. You don't know what you're talking about. I, I think tripping. this was like a, an attention seeking kind yeah. of tweet where it was Could just, be. I mean, I think she knew what kind of response she was going to get, which is what she got. Could be. You know, everybody pointing out alien. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Scariana, you mentioned Jason X, obviously. Oh, because, well, I was reading through the various tweets, right? And um, Jason X came up, and so I looked I looked up the trailer, <laughs> and it looks awesome. Yes, I I've really, seen it really many times. want to watch it's it. Scariana, what is it? Jason X? It's Jason Voorhees in yeah. space. Mm -hmm. 
How did he How get does there? he get there? You got to watch the movie. Oh yes. boy, it's the future. It's the future. I think my movie pick next is going to be Jason X. <laughs> it's okay. It's a solid one. <laughs> the Peruvian Nightmare laughs. Yeah, that's a solid. <laughs> but I'm serious. Solid pick. Well, I think I would like to pick a goofy horror movie next too. Not for Again? the serious shit. Which one did I pick that was oh. goofy? Humanoids from the Deep? It's not goofy. That was serious. <laughs> that was so goofy. God. Uh, we really thought that you were trolling us. Yeah. No. It Truly. Was a great Haha, you thought this was a podcast, but joke's That's on a you. Great movie. All right. So tonight's movie was my pick, finally. And this was one that I kind of really kicked around and I wasn't sure that I wanted to talk about it because it's been talked about so much. But then, I, I, you know, we, we started the whole podcast series with alien the alien you know franchise and they've been talked about and had books written about them at nauseum so you know i figured we'd go for it this is uh definitely in my top five of favorite horror movies of all time and it is robert edgar's the witch from 2015 um and it was produced by yeah robert edgar's directed it and wrote it um but it was produced by a24 and if you any listeners aren't familiar with A24. They've done some of the best horror movies that I've ever written in the past several years. Uh, Midsummer, Hereditary, The Lighthouse, Killing of a Sacred Deer, Black Coat's Daughter. Uh, they also did um, Moonlight. Spring Breakers. <laughs> did they do Spring Breakers? They did. That movie's like awful. Like it's messed up movie, dude. Like with I what's his name? Yeah, yeah. Um, James Franco. James Franco, yeah. James Franco is a rapist, by the way. I'm calling that out. <laughs> Lady Bird, which was a phenomenal movie. Moonlight. Moonlight, I haven't seen that. Uh, Ex Machina, which was also a phenomenal movie. Not dealing with space, but dealing with, like, you know, artificial intelligence. And Anyways, The Witch from 2015. A family in the 1630s New England is torn apart by the forces of witchcraft, black magic, and possession. Where did that synopsis come from? That was from IMDb. Because <laughs> I don't think there was possession in this movie. Was there? I mean, the, yeah. goat, the goat was possessed? Sure. I mean... Um, Sometimes these synopsis. They were all possessed. Synopsis. Oh, yeah, the twins. Were they possessed? Sure. Yeah, I mean, Absolutely. they were doing the bidding of... Oh, the little boy. He was possessed. Mm. In the end... Um, hmm, I guess he, we should he, have a discussion yeah. about possession at some right. point. <laughs> so, anyways, we're going to play the trailer and go. this family. 
Lord, I now begin. Oh, help me and I'll leave my sin. For I repentant thou shalt be. From evil I will turn to thee. None ever shall destroy my faith. For I repentant thou shalt be. Oh, God, my Lord, I now begin. Oh, help me and I'll leave my sin. For I repentant thou shalt be. From evil I will turn to thee. Let's leave the wood. For some of us, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's interesting, the discussion point that you started us out with, because there, there, when I was researching the film, there was a lot of argument that this wasn't a horror movie. A lot, mm. a lot of people, or at least they called it elevated horror. Hmm. Which Intellectual is, horror. Right. And there was a lot of people that are like, that, that, that doesn't count. That's not what this is. It was too slow a burn for them, which I don't get because I felt dread from the very beginning. This was not a slow burn movie for me. No, it's... it's like, um, I, it fe- I felt the dread from the very beginning. Everything... From literally the first scene to the last scene is perpetually getting darker yeah. and darker and more dreadful and But it doesn't have those traditional intense. jump scares. Right. And so that's kind of the um back to A twenty four real quick, that's kind of the um the uh, modus operandi of A twenty four is that this this idea of intellectual horror the best intelligent horror films operate on multiple levels, we- weaving social commentary into plot lines that are equal parts thought-provoking and terrifying. And so, you know, these films aren't A24's films. One, they're really special, A24, because they give opportunities to um, first-time filmmakers, you know, unknown filmmakers. Um, and their focus is really on the art of filmmaking and far less so on creating a blockbuster film and that's what you see so much of in horror films and i would even argue that films like the conjuring universe and those series those are all about blockbuster filmmaking and those are decent movies you know but a24's horror is yeah i think intellectual horror not to be confused with psychological horror because i think that's a genre on its own i don't think intellectual horror is a genre Really, I think it's... Um, maybe it's being developed as a genre. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Um, but it's definitely a smart, smart film. And in fact, Ari Aster, who did um, Hereditary, he's good friends. Robert Eggers, they're, they're buddies. I could see that. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're buddies. And so anyways, Ari Aster wrote on uh, the concept of intellectual horror, and he commented about it and then this woman did a film review Shem Patria in 2018 and um, here's what she writes quote films are still seen as a magnifying glass of real life and the horror genre is the exact epitome of our nihilistic desires that even after all this heart-wrenching Jack and Jill-esque stumbling down of happenings it will continue and just go beyond the expected hereditary is the exact indignation of this perception. Using the stereotypical cult trope, Robert Eggers' psychological horror of the witch, Hereditary made us think of all the possibilities and ended up going with the waves of madness and one heck of a roller coaster nightmare. It continues, um, it is either you'll go out laughing by the David Lynch and The Shining's distinct idiosyncratic camera style or 
get out scared and hallucinating because you've been caught up so well in this psycho meta spider web. So that was very wordy, but I think what they're saying is that Ari Aster's hereditary and one day we will discuss that movie. I don't think I can watch it. Honestly, <laughs> Nigel. It'll be a one-man show. Just reading the synopsis gave me nightmares. In Robert Eggers' film, which we're going to be discussing tonight, The Witch, it's just the depth that they go into and the reality that they go into and the realness of the um, the performances and the storyline and the writing is just exceptional. I mean, just exceptional. I can totally agree with you on that. It's very, it's artfully done and I respect the, the craftsmanship of it and the, the level, like the minute details that are brought into it. It's very careful, carefully planned, um, thoughtfully designed, well-crafted and we're all artists. We certainly appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, but Cheyennegan's, you did not find it scary. I didn't find it scary. And I, I find that fascinating. I mean, this is part of the horror genre, right? Like we all have buttons and sometimes our buttons are not pushed. And my my, my buttons were pushed. Peruvian Nightmares buttons were definitely pushed in this yes. movie. Um, yes. and, and I find that really, really fascinating. That's not to say that there aren't moments that are uncomfortable. Dreadful and scary. Sure. Yeah. There's a building of tension. But, but this didn't um, keep you from sleeping. You didn't. No, have, not I at all. I slept with the lights on. <laughs> no, I think it's, it's both times a beautiful film. <laughs> and I, yeah, I appreciate, I, like I said, I appreciate how well-crafted it is, yeah, um, the story and the, the physical parts of it. The, the, the quote that you just read, Nigel, about nihilistic desires, mm-hmm. I think that's exactly the point of it for me. Mm. For this movie, I think why it's so terrifying is because I did find that whole situation so attractive, like the devil's so attractive and like mm. you would take the butter, wouldn't you? Oh my you? god, in a second. Are you kidding? <laughs> like to me that ending was like I thought the it ending was, was beautiful great, yeah. and uplifting and to me it yeah. was like a happy ending, but there's definitely a part of my brain that's like you are so fucked up. Why do you think this is a happy? She just sold her soul to the devil. That's like, the twist is that it's a it's a happy ending because like she gets to live and she gets to live deliciously. Um, oh, she doesn't but die cost, in the, though? in the wilderness, but the expectation from the viewer is that, um, a, a happy ending would be, I don't know, maybe that like she marries a nice Puritan guy. Yeah. The, the <laughs> devil dies, continues to be controlled, which dies is in the, the field oh, picking yeah. corn, but so, she's being controlled by the devil. Yes, so it's but like, then, but she gets to fly around naked. <laughs> I mean, and do I mean, as she wants. Is it a totally, better payoff? I totally, I totally, totally feel the attraction of that. And it's scare, that scares the crap out of me. Like, there's definitely this darkness in me that is attracted to that. And I, that's that's what's scary. But and there's maybe, also this idea. Shannigans, you don't have that. But there's also this idea that we have, um, the we're putting that idea that now she's being controlled by the devil she was being controlled by her puritanic parents parents and the culture in which she was raised but you know as far as we know like the devil could be like liberator like he could be liberating them and that's certainly um yeah the i mean that's, that's, of those are not catholic of, teachings n- no not at all and that's <laughs> that goes and we'll talk about this in a second when i come up um later but Catholic, I meant to say Catholic. Yeah, Catholic. <laughs> but yes, the, the Puritans were not Catholics, and in fact, they were very much anti-Catholic, and so they were they were pushing away from that. And so, but 
the reason I picked this film is because I love A24 and I Hereditary is my second favorite film of all time. I love the concept of a period piece. I always have loved period pieces. This is a period piece. It's set sometime in the 1630s, but it's perfect. It's like Robert Eggers did like years of research to 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 figure out how he wanted to set this piece, the language that he wanted to use, the type of English that he was doing, the scenery, everything is so accurate as to what it would have been like uh, in that that sort of desolate New England colonial place. So, but I, 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 yeah, I just love films that take place and are accurate because the first thing that gets me in period pieces is when something isn't accurate. Not that I'm a, like an expert on like, you know, the 1600s in the United States and New England, but I, I, it certainly is something I've read a lot about. We don't know if it takes place in Virginia or uh, the Virginia colony or in Massachusetts. They never really say. I'm, I'm leaning towards the Virginia colony, I think. But yeah, it's dark. It's full of despair. And it's got Anya Taylor-Joy, who's just amazing, amazing and beautiful. Yeah. But the, the brother, her brother, that actor, um, he was amazing too who's that the, her brother the guy the the little the kid oh in the movie in i the thought movie. you meant her as no like no anya no the, the actor who played her brother in the yeah. movie he was super impressive yeah and anya taylor joy is a florida girl mad props to oh FLA. i didn't know that yeah. born in miami and she lived in tampa wow impressive yeah and i've been to miami me too we have so, so much in common with yeah. anya taylor wow anya taylor joy if you're listening really like we could be bffs <laughs> All right, so now I'm going to pass it off to Scary Anna to hear her thoughts on some of this. I can't see. <laughs> Need your bifocals there. Her. <laughs> no. Okay. Oh my God. Never find my readers. So <laughs> okay, so what, one of the things that I wanted to talk about is the, the, the title of the movie, right? Everybody talks about it as The Witch, but it's actually... Hmm. The Witch, A New England Folktale. And I I think that's really important. That's an important yeah, part of the definitely. movie. Like he's signaling what it is that you're in for here, A mm. New England Folktale. It's not necessarily like a tr- true quote unquote true story. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I looked up the definition of folktale, right? And it's a tale or legend originating and traditional among a people or folk, especially one forming a part of the oral tradition of common people. And I think most of us think of folktales as part of as, as part of like older civilizations, like less mm-hmm. developed civilizations, mm-hmm. like things that we don't believe in anymore, oh, things that yeah. we don't take seriously or that impart some important knowledge, right, mm-hmm. of folk tales. And so I find that really interesting that he thinks that that the director is signaling to us that maybe this is this is a tale. It's not necessarily something that happened historically, but it imparts some kind of inf- important information. Um, but to me, it's like an anti-folktale, an anti-parable, right? Mm. Most parables like are telling you a moral, a way to behave, something to do. And this one is, seems to me to be the exact opposite. Like, it's telling you to do not good things. Like, it's not, <laughs> you know, most in most parables, you know, the person who's doing something bad comes to a bad end. Like, everything yeah. resolves the way that it's supposed to. And that is not what happens in this movie. Like, this movie ends 
unambiguously triumphantly right for for the girl Mm -hmm. right she signs her soul over to the devil she goes out naked to the woods she finds other witches they're all singing and dancing she's ecstatic like you can see it in her face when she rises up into the air so i find that really interesting it doesn't end the way a traditional folktale or parable mm. ends yeah, and so what no is no lessons learned what but there are lessons learned <laughs> yeah like, go ahead and sign the devil's go ahead. book yeah, yeah this is going to be good for you i don't know yeah. i found that i found that very interesting um the notion of a folktale mm. and that he didn't want us to see this as like a like an actual story that happened to someone. It was a, a parable. And it's a it's a folktale of our history, Americans, mm-hmm. right? American history, an American folktale. Um, and, I, and I thought that was really interesting. I like that. So Eggers did a lot of research of folktale books from that time period, um, 15th, 16th centuries. Um, so he was using that format, like in the way that the characters dressed and spoke to each other. Oh, but yeah. I think also maybe the way he's telling the tale too is derived from um the same format of those folktale um pamphlets yeah yeah but the ending is not what you would (laughs) like you would expect you know her to reach a bad end because she signed the book and you know and that's that's a completely unexpected ending but so it makes me think like are do the folktales end like on a positive note for for the protagonist because like weren't hansel and gretel thrown into the oven no, they escaped. Are you sure? Yes, because the witch would check their fingers every day to see if they had fattened up. Mm-hmm. And um, the little girl... Yeah, they would, threw the witch into the oven. Yeah, the okay. little girl would give her a stick instead of oh. her finger. Because they were fattening up because they were get, eating candy. And she were. She, and the witch was getting frustrated. And yeah, in the end, the witch is the one that had the bad end. That's usually yeah. how folk tales and parables end. That's how they teach you a moral, right? And this movie is... Mm teaching you an anti-moral <laughs> mm. right like i think that's what shocked me about this movie is that i expected her to come to a bad end i think that's part of the dread that i felt throughout all of this is that this this girl was just things were not going to go well for this girl but in the end like the last scene the last view of her face there was a really interesting um article uh and we can put it in the notes but it showed her the first scene of her face and the last scene mm, of her face right side by side and what the diff- the differences were in the first scene she was completely clothed she was wearing a hat it was in the courtroom she was very serious the last scene she's naked she's got blood splatter on her face her face is like ecstatic yeah and that was really fascinating to see the two side by side mm. And to see that she didn't come to a bad end, like she seemed pretty damn happy. Yeah, it's like- subjective, though, isn't it? Because this is this is written and made for like a mostly Christian population, yeah. and so like the Christian view of that is, oh boy, like she's going to hell now. Well, that yeah, seems but to be she the seems consensus. Happy about it. <laughs> the consensus for a lot. I've listened to a lot of different podcasts and read a lot of reviews about this movie over the years, and. I would say the, easily the majority of them um, see how it ends very negatively, and I mm-hmm. how can they see that? Though? I completely get the opposite. Me too. Yeah. Like I had goosebumps. Like my, I had like I was thrilled. Yeah, and that obviously I felt really ambivalent about being thrilled. so. But I think that there's a, a difference between that, like. Um, temporary carnal pleasure that she's yeah. deriving and then like her, her immortal soul and and so 
the the view of it or even just like the the way that the way that we would view like um our our sort of destiny or fate um or predestination this was calvinist um Calvinist. Yeah, that Puritans was a were Calvinist. Discussion so. that the father had with the son in mm-hmm. the woods, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like viewing it in that way, like from the perspective of the Puritans, which it was the film was designed yeah. to to sort of embed you in that culture. And so, if you were a Calvinist Puritan viewing the film, then you would cringe because, like, she just walked right into hell. Yeah. Yeah, so she may feel great now, but she's <laughs> she's gonna feel terrible later, right? Yeah, well, I mean, but that's when it stops. It stops on the ecstasy. It yeah. stops on her. So as far as we yeah. know, that's how it's gonna be. And that's the way I look at it. Is she has lived her her entire life as have all women that were living in that culture. Yeah, subjected, were religiously subjected, were culturally subjected. Never had their opinions considered. Yeah, never were allowed to own land. Never like I mean the list goes on and on. So what he's doing really in this film is being highly critical of these early origins of the country. Yeah. There's definitely themes set up, right, of, you know, female sexuality versus the male patriarchy, nature, which is Mm -hmm. aligned with female sexuality Mm -hmm. versus civilization and male patriarchy. Nature is dangerous. Nature is scary. Don't go into the Female sexuality is dangerous Mm -hmm. and scary. What what I don't like about this, what kind of bugs me, though, is when we talk about female empowerment, but... But in this, even in this movie, the female empowerment is still coming from a male character, from Satan. It's still, he's still giving that to her. Mm. And that bugs me. Like, we just, even even in this situation, we cannot get away from patriarchy. There's Mm. always a man Mm. involved. And that, that, I I didn't like that. I think that's why I felt really ambivalent about the end. Because she didn't find that empowerment on her own. He gave that to her. And I don't like that. Like, I would rather, like... You know, the whole like idea of witchcraft, modern day witchcraft does not involve Satan. It doesn't involve this like patriarchal character that gives you your power. It's much more like it's individualistic. Not yeah. It's not Christian. Mm. Exactly. Well, but I also think that in reference to um, the devil being male, the devil can change any form that he wants, he or she, whatever. Right. Yeah, it, I guess it, that's he true. was also a goat. So <laughs> I think it was the devil was coming to her in a way to manipulate her to sign the book. Okay, so, well, that was very successful. Literally, yeah. the devil I mean, in this a, movie it was a strong is a male man. model. Yeah. <laughs> Super attractive male yeah. model. So it worked. Well, and the witch transformed for... Um, yes, for the, the for brother. The, the brother I into... that. <laughs> yeah. Yes, please. Yeah. That's true. She yeah. did. And when we, we saw glimpses of the witch, she was this old haggard. Mm-hmm. But that also makes me think that the devil isn't going to keep his promises because she didn't seem to be living deliciously. Did she seem to be living? The witch? Yeah. I she don't was know. living I mean, in this like hovel out in the woods and squishing she, babies. She wasn't particularly attractive. Like her hair was a mess. <laughs> You okay, know, but like, like maybe she, she spent most of her time naked, which isn't necessarily bad. It's bad. It's not, not necessarily maybe bad. though. Like it, it's all in the contract. It's all it's all in the details. So you can live deliciously. Like you look really happy when you're flying, wearing all that baby's blood. Um, I guess. But you know that's for a moment. For yeah. a moment, you live deliciously. Or maybe for her that was delicious living, and for others they get 
They get other. Yeah, things? she was really old, so Thomason probably wouldn't want to live that way. You know, this that woman mm. was. Uh, you but know. should you get old if you've sold your soul? Is what I I'm don't saying. Know. I don't know. It's all in the contract. Yeah. Like you have to be Read specific when details. you're dealing with the yeah. devil. You need a lawyer to. You sign do. That's true. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, I felt I I felt a lot of ambivalence. Like when I mm. watched the movie, I felt like elation like euphoria i totally felt what she was feeling and then and then i started thinking about it that's where the intellectual horror comes in and Mm -hmm. i started really thinking Mm -hmm. about the implications what this means for her and you know what what it means for me that i found it so attractive yeah and such a happy ending like so what would you have her do then i don't i mean she didn't have a choice but but it was clearly designed for her not to have a choice Mm -hmm. yeah i thought from the very beginning and how you see her her face in the courtroom being shocked you know you could tell that the everything that happened from that point on the devil or the witch yeah. or whatever was was moving towards her yes that's the only thing he cared about was getting her he didn't care yeah. about the mom the little kids those evil ass little twins i know oh they're the worst i was <laughs> i was like really happy with the implication that they had been killed so <laughs> yeah they were definitely fly. killed <laughs> so <laughs> we're not going to spoil we're we're not going to spoil that that's one of the i love that part of the movie about what makes the the witches fly i think we already spoiled it well yeah. if you weren't you, listening you mentioned <laughs> squishing the baby <laughs> But 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 this reminds me of the other point that I wanted to talk about is the complete absence of God in this movie, mm. like in any sense whatsoever. And I, I think this happens to be a theme in a lot of horror movies that deal with like possession and Satan and demons and things like that mm. is how I don't like if the devil could speak through a goat, why can't God speak through an ant? Like why? Where was God in all of this? Yeah. Why didn't God help her? Why didn't he do something? It's um. It's a the Puritans were Calvinist, so it was all predetermined. Pre, predetermined, yeah. yeah. But but even if it was predetermined, why can't God act? Like it just seemed it made God can act under that rule, but he's not going to because it was all predetermined. I, so, I guess yeah. I I don't. That kind of blows my my mind a little. But <laughs> but it just it, it seemed God seemed super impotent in this movie, like mm. complete, like unable to affect anything, mm. to do anything, to help in any way. And that I I find that very curious because if there is this balance that supposedly is out there between good and evil, right? Mm. Like that was the whole. That's the whole idea. Like if you read like Christian scriptures, is that there is this balance. There's good and there's evil, and we have a choice outside of the Calvinists sure. and the Puritans, right? We have this choice and we can choose to go with good and we can choose to go with evil and that, you know, God does things in his own way and for his own reasons and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, there's miracles and there's saints and there's, you know, God acts through people. And I grew up Catholic, so I learned all about the saints and all of the miracles they could perform. And and in a movie like this, it just shocks me at how absence how absent good is from this movie in any sense of the, like there's just never any intervention of good in this and, movie. and i think that ties into what I'll, I'll talk about here in a little bit on like the emphasis of this one particular scene of them leaving the 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 village leaving the compound because they're leaving that place that god had been a part of they're leaving the structure of uh, you know what they had come to see as so that the implication that God has forsaken them that they 
they broke their covenant with God, which is clearly what the what the people in that courtroom right. felt, and, right? And but it was William, though. It was William's it, yeah, pride. Yeah, the father. It wasn't the, everybody else. But right? he really believed that he was keeping God's covenant better than the community was, which is why he left. Like, that Until was the, the dispute, yeah. right? Yeah, but then he comes to, like, his, his arrogance, like... He, yeah, he does confess know. that. That's true. Yeah, after the son... But I, I found that interesting. I just find that interesting. Yeah. But I find it interesting because it's, I see that theme in other movies. Like we watch The Conjuring, right? The mm-hmm. Conjuring 1, The Conjuring 2. And again, I don't see a lot of evidence of God's hand in these things. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of evidence of demons mm-hmm. um, and their behavior and their manipulations. And I don't see any evidence of God. And well, why they, is that? They are horror films, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's the whole point is that the, We're supposed the to evidence, feel abandoned. Well, and the evidence of God is particularly in the Conjuring um, is that they cast the demon out. That's the evidence of God, the strength right. of God, and and it takes particular people to to do that, or the or the devil, the demon will you know conquer all. So it takes these particular scenarios for God to be thrown into the mix. You know, but I think that in, with the witch, it just adds to the desolation of where they're going into the wilderness. You know? But these people were so strong in their faith, like they were always praying, like they were, you know, if they did something wrong, like I didn't, I didn't understand what it was, what they did. Like, how could God forsake these people who believed in Him so strongly to the point that they were willing to leave the safety of their community? You know, and and I guess what you're saying is that it was really the father's pride that did that, not real. Well, faith. they were thrown out. They were banished. You are banished. <laughs> but because he disagreed, the the uh, fundamental yeah. disagreement was a religious one, yeah. a, re- a religious mm-hmm. practice disagreement. It, they didn't go into the specifics of what it was, mm-hmm. but it was a difference in how to practice their religion. It wasn't that he stole from someone right, or that right, right. you know he committed adultery or you know they would just cut off your hands for that. Yeah. So so that's what I find interesting is that that their faith did not protect them. In mm. fact, it did the opposite. Their faith opened them up to this vulnerability yeah. where Satan mm. could exploit their weaknesses. And how much of the downfall of this girl Thomas Thomason was was the devil's manipulation and how much of it was just the weakness of her her own parents. Her yeah. own parents were already turned against her. He did not have to do very much. Maybe he did that part. I mean, I don't know. They were they already had that weakness in them. The father oh, was yeah, already this, prideful. And well, the, and there's the initial mistrust in women to begin with. Yeah. And the connection between women and the wilderness. Yeah, and she um, was she was just coming out of puberty, like right, she was right, at a dangerous right. time. They they talked about it in the movie that she just started bleeding and mm-hmm. blah blah blah, and that was like a really suspicious time. For, Sent her off for to another family. Yeah, they discussed that, and Thomason heard them talking about so why would they do that to get rid of her the mother wanted to get rid of her the mother yeah the mother wanted to get rid of her but because she blamed her for the loss of the baby yeah but you know i think they that was what you did you 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 get a a bride price and you send your kid oh okay that's you get that's what you meant you get brought back into the community you know maybe Mm -hmm. that's what he thought is that if they give their daughter to somebody within the village, they'll be allowed back. Um, And that'll be, you know, the bride price. But who knows? They didn't get that far. No, they did not get that far. 
Yeah, I think maybe like in terms of um, leaving the film with a, a happy feeling, maybe I I would have, I I would have wanted to see what that story looked like, um, or 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 <laughs> I was gonna say like, what if she had said no to the devil, and then she would have died and just walked away? Like, where? What Into does that woods? look like? To I don't freeze, know. To starve? Could she walk back to the? To the um to the main village. I, don't know. I guess she could have, but but yeah, she probably would have died. died. Uh, yeah, yeah, and but her soul would have been intact. Yeah, I think she realized that that she would have like not made it, and this was her only option. Yeah. and then he offered no her choice. butter like, a signing bonus. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a pretty dress, <laughs> butter. But you this know. is what you know. The witch that we saw did not have any pretty dresses, and I didn't see any butter. So this is why I'm like. He just, he just asked her if she wanted them. He didn't yeah. say, I'll give them to you. I mean, it's implied. Come on. You can't. It's totally implied. You, the devil's in the details. Yeah. You got to get it in writing. I mean, yeah. quickly nightmares notes uh i just wanted to kind of reiterate like for those listeners that aren't familiar with the puritans i think in our mind uh, we have she just gets up i know (laughs) it's so scary so for those listeners that aren't really familiar with the puritans in our minds i think we have this idea of the pilgrims being the puritans and they were in this the myth is they were escaping england because of religious persecution and that is completely incorrect <laughs> that is not what it that's not what it was they willingly left england because of their differences in their religion over there obviously um Puritanism was a religious reform movement that began shortly after Queen Elizabeth I took the throne in 1558. Puritans sought to rid the Church of England of Catholic elements, quote-unquote Catholic elements, seen as holdovers from English religious practice prior to the Reformation, the Protestant Reformation. Uh, They were not workers. These people that came, the pilgrims didn't come to the new world ready and you know set with skills in hand to make it and survive they these these were elites these people left they had servants in england they had people that farmed their food that uh hunted their their meat they they came here completely and totally not knowing what to expect and being put in a situation that they thought would be exactly like England. And lo and behold, the the coast, the Atlantic coast of Virginia and or Massachusetts is not, you know, the most hospitable place, um, especially in the in the in the winter. And so that's where the Native Americans come into play and how the uh, basically the Native Americans were well aware of the Europeans already because of the Spanish uh 
um, colonization further south. So, in fact, um, I was reading this book called American Slavery, American Freedom by Edmund S. Morgan. It's a wonderful book. I highly recommend it. And it's all about the emergence of slavery in, Virgi- in the Virginia colonies. But it really talks about how um, the Native Americans, when the English arrived, were already feeling the impacts of European diseases and Spanish diseases. And so population was already beginning to decrease by by those means. So they were very skeptical of the motives of the English. And so uh, they were violent at the beginning when the when the English first landed, the Native Americans were violent. And then, you know, the English were able to trade for some food because they didn't have any clue and they were starving to death. Um, and so they were able to trade for some food. And then the Native Americans offered to teach them how to grow the food and raise the crops themselves. And they refused because that was below them, that was beneath them. And so then they started to starve again. And then the, <laughs> then the English would like steal, steal food from the Native Americans and like rob their corn stores and all this stuff. And, and, um, and then, you know, eat it all and then start to starve again. And, you know, they couldn't grow anything. It was just a terrible situation. But that book, American Slavery, American Freedom, goes into really great detail about that, uh, how that, that process kind of manifested itself in reality in not, not a pretty scene. So I just found it really interesting how um, the, the struggles of the Puritans in that situation uh, was made so much worse because of their own arrogance, their own, the ethnocentrism, and that you know they could have they could have. <laughs> I mean that's that's the folly of all colonialists is they don't they don't know what they're getting into, and so their way of dealing with that is violence. Well, but that is not the story that's told. That to is school not children is not at the, all. Yeah, that is not the Thanksgiving story. No, not at all. But really quickly, I just wanted to kind of break down my favorite scene in the entire film. Um, I mean, the the movie is, is, there's so many good scenes. There's so many powerful scenes. But there's this one scene that's probably five minutes um, into the film. And it's the scene that you see it in the trailer that the family is in their wagon and it's loaded down. And they're leaving the gates of this gated compound. Now, the, the compound is gated because of Native American attacks on the village, wherever they were, the colony. Now, in, in reality, those, those attacks were prompted by the English and the Spanish and Europeans, the, them coming there to begin with, right? And, yeah, they started the aggression. Yeah, they started that. But then they, they, the first thing they did when they came into an area was build stockades and protections. And that's not exactly like, you know, walking in with a the dove the white dove of peace <laughs> you're, you're preparing for defensive def, you're putting up your defenses but that's one of the most powerful scenes i think of the entire movie is as the wagon and thomason is sitting in the back looking back towards the colony and they see the gates close and right before the gates as the gates are closing you see two native americans in their traditional clothing walking into the gated colony and so there's a couple of ways you could look at this one kind of playing off the rest of the you know dangers of the wilds and the devil is out there in the wilderness and all these things that it was so scary out there that even the native americans were seeking shelter inside of the gated compound 
uh, but also it, you know telling the history of how the the English would would befriend particular groups um, to take advantage of other other native groups through trade and through allegiances. And so just that scene tells so much about the history of this country and the history of European colonialism in this country. It, it, it always blew me away. I, I love it in, from an anthropological perspective and a historical perspective. It's certainly one, I think, of the most powerful scenes in the entire movie. And it's all of like two seconds. Yeah, it's a brief, it's a brief scene. <laughs> and it's easily overlooked and it's not something I paid attention to Peruvian Nightmare until you pointed it out and on my second watching of the movie paying attention to them like they the Native Americans look back yeah they look they back. look back and you see like pity and confusion yeah and and concern almost as yeah. to why this family is leaving the safety of the yeah, compound y'all are gonna die out there yeah, yeah and it's, it's almost so like brief. a double take and that and this reminds me like I, i've watched this movie twice now um and i have to say like I, it feels like i missed 90 percent of this movie in the first watching mm. like there's a lot of sleight of hand in this this director um does a lot of sleight of hand in this movie where um there, there's a focal scene happening right mm. but but there's a lot of stuff happening in the background that you can very easily miss. So this is the kind of movie that requires multiple watching oh, or definitely. maybe someone a little more observant than me. I'm, <laughs> I'm just not like I, I'm very easily like if the camera focuses on something, that's what I focus on. So I'm really easily led <laughs> visually. Well, and that's that's a really old trick of horror, too. you know, that. That's why when I watch a horror movie for the first time, especially a good one, um, I'm constantly scanning the background. Like I'm looking at both both the foreground of what's happening in the scene that the director is trying to get you to watch, and then what's happening in the background because yeah. that's where I the nitty gritty is. Mental capacity. You know, for and that. The, the movie Hereditary is that the entire film is that yeah. it's like there's so much going on into the background, yeah. even to the point that it after even four or five viewings that uh, on hereditary i i st still was noticing things going on in the yeah. background and the things that are in the background are fucked up <laughs> like, really it's, nuts, wi dude. it's wild it's really wild that's, i don't i don't have the ability to observe a movie like that i don't know i mean but that's and, something that's inherent about horror don't you think like whenever you're sort of the subtleties you get up in the middle of the night to walk to the bathroom and the hallway's dark and There's you like wrong catch, with shadows you catch something out of the corner <laughs> yeah. of your eye and you're immediately light on now thanks oh. cheyenne again <laughs> sorry about that i'm just giving a for instance that didn't really happen um but it's it's all about what happens in the periphery because yeah it's unknown yeah. and the brain automatically will go to that it's unknown therefore it could be dangerous yeah I used to have, I, when I would get, before I became heavily medicated, <laughs> I when I would get really stressed out, I would see these things called, I called the shadow people. And I would literally see shadow people, like in the periphery. And it was only when I was really stressed, like like there was a lot of they tension. They were like I'd floaters, your blood pressure was high. Yeah, and... but they were like human form, like shadow people. And I would Jeez, see Nigel. them. And um, I mean, Cheyenne, I've told Cheyenne this a million times. I just saw a shadow person. <laughs> you know, but it's now they're gone. Thank maybe you, Prozac. They were angels who were looking out for There's you. There's no angels Nigel. looking out for me. <laughs> you don't know that. <laughs> you Anyways, don't know that. Shyanigans, what you got? Well, yeah. So what was interesting 
to me uh, about this film, like we talked about um, it from an artistic point of view, it's it's so thoroughly researched and so well crafted that mm. while it doesn't scare me um, as a horror movie, it does build tension and it does so in really smart ways. There's not a lot that I could pull from the pantry to recreate this film because I think a lot of it relies on um, Eggers and the team having a really good eye and doing all of that like background period research. Um, there's not a lot of special. Ef- there's not a lot of gore here and special effects, and that's not the, the kind of. There movie. was a little bit of blood enhancement, and then some of the the scenes with the animals. I think yeah. had to be done digitally, just you know for yeah. safety reasons. Um, uh, but um, from what I understand, the. Um, the research materials in themselves were very essential to creating that um, sort of that sense of the, the puritanical environment, like wanting the viewer to feel like this is what it was like to be in 1693 and you are, you know, you're a Puritan. Um, And so they were able to go to the Plymouth plantation. um, Massachusetts. Uh, the Plymouth Plantation was right outside of Boston, and so they went there because it's like a working sort of village. Um, I'd love and they, to see that. They got a lot of inspiration from the the way that um, buildings were constructed, and so Eggers was was really fastidious with the production crew in that, like, they used the the same tools and materials to construct the sets mm. that they would have used um, during that time, which that comes down to like saw blades and like having sort of the shingles um, cut by, you know, the one expert in Massachusetts who does that uh, for a living. Um, So I don't, I don't remember what the budget was for this, but I'm sure a lot of it went to sort of fabricating the environment, which is really like another character in the film for me. Yeah. It's huge part of it. Yeah. Huge part of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, f- I thought it was fascinating. I read that, that they didn't use any artificial lighting in this movie. They used only natural light. So firelight, candlelight, sunlight. And, uh, you know, they had to, there were production delays because they had to wait for cloudy days, which we've experienced on our own film sets. Oh, yeah. yes, yes. We're just like them. <laughs> I, remember, I remember waking up at eight in the morning oh. being, it's cloudy. We got to film this morning. We got to yeah. film. Yeah. Because it's cloudy and, you know, and or, and not being able to film because something was just too sunny. So, yeah. I mean, I I mean, yeah. Like, it's just not going to happen. It's not, it's, and, and digital um, manipulation just doesn't, it's not, it's it not has its same. place, but too it doesn't noticeable. feel the same. And yeah. we, of course, were limited because we didn't have access to, like, the cameras and the lenses that he had access to. Yeah, I was reading about that um, because the aspect ratio is not it's mm-hmm. not widescreen. Um, so what he's doing there is um, doing, like, a, what he's doing is the 1.66 aspect ratio, which actually makes the... Um, the format look taller, the trees look really tall, mm. and then it feels claustrophobic. Mm. So there's like this closing in of the space yeah. around you because they're in the wilderness. They're not in the confines of the, the village where they're protected. They're like out there getting eaten alive by desolation mm. and by the witches who work for Black Phillip, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> the, another character that, you know, I think, in a lot of films, it's vital is the soundtrack, and in this the soundtrack in this movie, uh, I love it so much. I have it. I have the actual vinyl. I'm staring at it right now. Well, <laughs> it's next to me anyway, 
And it's such a powerful soundtrack in the music and how the composer Mark Corvin created instruments specifically f- to to make this different sounds and it's very discordant. Uh, yeah, it's and just the, the um, chorus, the women singing. Oh I mean, man. I know I get goosebumps just thinking about it. Yeah, it's, it's not... really powerful. So if you if you're into I'm I'm not anywhere near what some folks do, but I I like to buy horror soundtracks. Um I don't have a lot, but I'd like to get more. But it's 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 really a vital vital part to this film is that soundtrack and it just all it does is like accentuate that for foreboding. Oh yeah terror you know in every single scene but in a really subtle way in a really subtle way yeah in a really supportive not, way and yeah. it's supporting the imagery it's supporting yeah the actions that you're seeing on screen yeah so this is interesting because we just declared that uh, they only used practical lights in in the filming but the soundtrack is not practical it's not part of natural, like a, no. it's not natural yeah. right it's yeah. it's added onto it and so there's not like parts of the environment that are being enhanced or so the sound maybe it's maybe sound is just like one of those things that that has to be in Artificial. a horror film oh my gosh like, can you have a horror film with only natural sounds I, uh, honestly 100 percent. like when a movie really scares me if i mute it i'm okay oh absolutely absolutely <laughs> I, can, I can watch a movie muted like maybe we can watch hereditary we just have to mute it <laughs> i i watch those films with my fingers <laughs> in my ears scared to death. and my 100%. hands over my eyes percent if it's muted i can mm-hmm. handle it yeah and isn't it's, that it's powerful music is super powerful it absolutely. does it carries emotion and and yeah, like when it's just creates well. a physical, like yeah. a physical oh, reaction uh, in your body. The, the soundtrack for a horror film is crucial, yeah. absolutely crucial. Yeah, like that's part of the craft of mm. it. And it's it's almost like it would go, it goes unnoticed if it wasn't there. Uh, maybe it would fall flat. And if Completely there's no flat. sound at all, that's also another way to use sound is non-sound because oh, yeah. that also feels like really terrifying. Yeah. The, just the that void of silence. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. 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 I, and I think on this film in particular, because of the environment that they're dealing with out there and how and the colors and how the film was sh- like shot it would still be scary with no sound, but it the sound certainly makes it more intense. The sound plays on your subconscious. Yeah. You're not right. cons- consciously aware of it, but you're subconsciously aware of it. It's there. And it, yeah. Whereas every other element is open to scrutiny. It can, um, it can be, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's still visual things that, ha- you know, that happen in the periphery of your, vi- like that final scene where she's signing like now, mm. the second time that we watched it, I really paid attention. I knew what was going to happen, and so I wasn't emotionally caught up. Mm-hmm. And so I really paid attention to the periphery, and there was so much happening in the yeah. periphery. <laughs> so much. Mm. so mm. much. It's very dark, though, it's especially very, towards the end of the it's film. It's very dark. But if you're not looking at her face, which mm-hmm. everything about that scene makes you focus on her face. Right. Mm. But if you're not looking at her face, you can see everything that's happening in her background. Like, I saw the devil transformed from the goat to the man. I saw him walk behind her. I saw him put his hand on her shoulder. I didn't see any of those things in the first film, first viewing. None of those yeah. I didn't see any yeah, of them. So like it's maybe crazy. she was willing 
you know, her circumstances, of course, didn't give her any choice. But to have that man put his hand on your shoulder versus well, like, I mean, if William like, putting what, his hand on her shoulder, Seth Rogen, like you'd be like, yeah, I think I'll walk to the village. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think you're right. But I mean, he's having dominance over her in, in a, a different man. way than her father was having dominance over her. Well, you, that whole scene where she confronts her father and his yeah. hypocrisy, like she, she didn't have any respect for him. Yeah. That, no, you could see true. that at the very beginning, like, Peruvian nightmare said in the courtroom when her father was like, "Fine, we're leaving," and she was like, "Just yeah. she was like, are you kidding me? Yeah, just say sorry, are you an idiot? Yeah. <laughs> like, are you are you crazy? You know, like she didn't have any respect for him, yeah. and so he was not an authority figure to her. Yeah. And then, she called him out on all of his bullshit in that scene. He and he was out to get her too. I mean, he was throwing her under the bus with the whole silver cup thing. Yes, yeah, you know? and that." didn't have anything to do with the devil. The devil did not do that. No. That was not supernatural. None that was all yeah. him and That's his, his own pride. Weakness. You know, and we didn't talk about this, but like the the focus that he had on chopping the wood. Yeah. Like was that, OCD, right? that's a really sort of terrifying moment is when you see how much wood he's chopped yeah. over the course of however long we're watching it. It's his um, coping like, mechanism. Just, and it's the only thing he can do yeah. well. Everything yeah. else he fails at. Yeah. But, you know, and that ties into that question of like the IMBD synopsis said possession you know but the devil maybe the devil doesn't always possess people that we see in like um you know typical like on the exorcist maybe it doesn't maybe he's not working like that he's possessing people's actions because he it's it's he gives them tunnel vision he he's leading them in a particular direction oh yeah it was Um, subtle but but very well done yeah yeah anyways let's wrap it up girls yeah i give it a 10 out of 10 I love that movie. It was, it was good. It scared. All my heart. It scared me. It's it still scares me. It's a me. brilliant, powerful movie. I highly recommend it. Anya Taylor Joy is absolutely all the actors, all the performances mm-hmm. are just phenomenal. I want a sequel. I want to see what happens yeah. to her. Maybe. Yeah, because everybody I else see is dead. That she's right? Eating butter and that she's got a pretty dress mm-hmm. and that she's doing well. She's picking herbs. <laughs> picking herbs in the forest with some other She's finally eating corn yeah. I want to see more of the devil because he was very handsome <laughs> oh, he's a good scary, looking man yeah. I know I'm, Shine I'm, Agains what are your final thoughts I, I like it I mean I, I've seen it a handful of times with you and you know I've never been scared of it I, I feel like it's a it's a period drama with lots of tension um, and some gore I know like some of the reviews were like it's a slow burn like it's not really a scary movie but like you couldn't ask for more gore Ew, you know there's a lot of blood I and mean, it's, it's pretty well done oh, I mean, it's, it's, not it's artfully done yeah it's great. um i yeah i've never it's like it's the opposed movie. watching the film because i think it is so well done and i love things that are well crafted um yeah, yeah. I, I i like it i don't do i have to give it a number yes 17 no <laughs> 
It's a 17 out of 10. <laughs> quite the compliment. I quite think, I, I don't know, like a seven, an eight. It's oh. good. It's a good film. It's not like in my top of, of anything. But I mean, that's I like, like it. Did, it didn't push your buttons, and that's, no, that's okay. It didn't. Yeah, and maybe if a film pushes my buttons too much, then I don't rate it. Like, I don't watch yeah, it. That's like, hereditary? Beauty. Not going to watch it. That's oh. the beauty of horror Sorry. is that there's room for everybody's buttons to be pushed. You know, there's room for. How everybody. are we going to discuss hereditary? if i'm the only person that's gonna freaking watch it you gotta find some more friends no we can watch it nigel but we just have to watch it in the right circumstance i'm not watching it so i have like, tried how many times have like three times i've tried to watch it and how i get how far do you get 35 <laughs> minutes 40 minutes what if we watch it on mute uh, then what's, uh, what's the point on. how do you how do you so that at least we can talk about it I can't. I mean, we could. You could watch it, and we could talk about how how much I couldn't watch it. Like, is that an episode? Maybe we'll, we'll try to work out. There, the there is something it, it there. It would be really interesting to know why that movie scares you so much. I have. N- that's I, definitely I, I about know. motherhood. It's fucking terrifying. Sure, motherhood yeah, and grief mother and loss, and her child, and, and yeah, yeah. I mean, that you know, those are your buttons. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I guess so. Yeah, that's interesting. That would be interesting to talk about. And so, why. but this film the witch like there there is like there's a mother there's, who loves her child yeah there yeah. is that that's super uncomfortable and actually i read a quote that the director said that he wished that there had he had included some moments of tenderness between the mother yeah and thomason just to like to contrast yeah. um, some of that coldness that we see throughout the whole thing. So it it comes off as a little bit of a one note. Um, And, and, you know, maybe if there had been that, then I would have felt some betrayal and felt like, oh, this movie is terrifying. I can't watch it. It's horrible. (laughs) Like horror. Um, Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I would be interested in digging into hereditary and figuring out also why it terrifies me so much. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, maybe on on an, future episode we'll figure out how to do yeah. it but what are your final thoughts here scary anna i mean it's a, it's a great movie and great it, movie. once i get my courage up i'd like to watch it again <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> to just to see all the things that i missed i was so shocked at how much i missed the first watch yeah. um, and how much more there is on the second watch and you know and it's still just as disturbing because sometimes you watch a, a movie again and it's just not as scary mm-hmm. you're, you're kind of immune to it and uh and i i didn't experience that no i i mean i've seen it 12 times something yeah you know nuts and it's like it's certainly not the same as when i first saw it right but there's no way you can't feel tension when he is trying to get you to feel tension yeah like no. i mean it's, it's beautifully so crafted powerful it's really well it's crafted. so freaking dark and yeah i love it so what would your rating be my rating i mean i guess i would give it a nine a nine out of ten yeah eight and a half nine. Oh my god it's pretty good all right yeah I don't you know that I the have math any doesn't add up. Doesn't add up. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't know. I'm one of those people that on the surveys, you know, they give you a one to ten. I never do a one, and I never do a no, ten. No, yeah. can't do it. I can't no. either. I don't ever feel that strongly. I like about being something. honest. <laughs> You're right in the middle of all right. surveys, and you still get the neither that agree little bit of... nor disagree. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was The Witch. Uh, we'll be coming at you all again in the future. Whose turn is it next? It's my turn. Uh, what are you going to pick? Cheyenne Agins. I think I told you all in a Denver conversation, and now I've forgotten. So I'm going to have to like look over my notes again. Uh, I don't. I don't remember, but I think I did discover that I have a type, um, a type of film that's like questions, um, questions your own perception of your own like stability or sanity um, Mm. and or like motherhood stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. Babadook would be a good one. Yeah, it's a Babadook. Movie. I don't. I don't remember that one. Ooh, I'll, dark. I'll read the IMDb. That, that one notes. also scared me. My last one was like dark motherhood stuff. So maybe maybe I'll go something different. I'll, I'll go mental illness. Just <laughs> <laughs> for fun. All right, listeners. If you want more information about Little House on the Scary, you can find us at Little House on the Scary at Gmail reach out to us if you have some suggestions on uh you know a film for us to cover we would love that so give us a shout you can reach us on all social media we're on facebook uh we are on instagram now finally i i'm i struggle with the insta but i'm I'm working on it so um we are on instagram you can find us on all major podcast platforms like us follow us give us the thumbs up Give us reviews, subscribe. Um, If you uh, reach out to us either on social media or one of the podcast platforms, we'd we'd love to give you all a shout out on our next episode. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, reach out. Do we have an update on subscribers? Uh, I ha- I don't have it prepared, but oh. I think we're up to about 10 million now. Whoa. Million. Yeah, that's so, what I thought. That's, that's what, what we should be. Yeah. yeah. Seems least, about right. Yeah. A large percentage of the Earth's population <laughs> listens to this podcast. <laughs> so remember, holler at us. Find us everywhere. We are Podbean. We are on Apple Podcast. We are on Google Play. We are on Pandora. We are on Spotify. We are on Stitcher. Wow. We are on all these little wacky little podcast platforms. Um, we are on Spotify. Did I say Spotify yeah, already? All right. But it's worth saying twice. There you go. All right. Little House on the Scary at gmail.com. Reach out to us and we'll catch y'all later. She'll be coming round the corner when she comes. Scary Anna. She'll be coming round the corner when she comes. Scary Anna. She'll be eating lots of cheeseburgers and reading all the literature. She'll be coming round the corner when she comes. Scary Anna.